uh, to you related to everything uh, that's going on now in the real estate industry. Obviously, we're all very active um, in the community and in real estate investing. So we felt that it's uh, important to make sure we can you know, keep everybody up to date of exactly what's going on. We're in a very interesting time right now. Uh, there's a lot of unfortunate things happening. Uh, there's a lot of unknown things that are still happening. So obviously, it's super important that everyone stays healthy, stays safe, stay with their families. But at the same time, we want to be positive. We want to be proactive. And we want to be opportunistic. So we're not really going to mention everything related to coronavirus or our views, opinions, and stuff like that. We're going to stick to real estate. We're going to stick to business. We're going to stick to finance. Um, I've been in contact with a lot of local people. And the good part is real estate's open for business. Title companies are working. Real estate agents are working. Lenders, wholesalers, um, even auction buyers we know are working. So I'm bringing on Ian, Ian Horowitz, uh, a friend of ours. and. You know, he's very actively investing and uh, his he spends a lot of time on rental properties. You know, rentals is, is uh, uh, you know, his, his thing. And I felt like that would be a good opportunity. I mean, our company personally owns a bunch of rental properties. And currently, we haven't seen anything negative. You know, we've talked to a few tenants um, and, you know, they seem to be able to pay their rent. So, so far, so good. But, you know, obviously, things can change. Uh, also, we have a lot of our stuff is, is Section 8. Uh, stuff as well. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, a lot of those upside programs are still going to be releasing payments, but I'm going to leave that up to Ian to, <laughs> to talk a little bit as well. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to chat. Uh, we see the chats coming down the right-hand side of our screen. And again, we're trying to do all these in real time because things are changing. You know, Trump literally just had a press conference and we were going to do this chat at one o'clock, but he came on at once. So we figured we'd push it to two just to be safe. Um, but yeah, so here we go. If you have any questions, uh, we'll go from there. So what's up, Ian? What's up, Jay? Uh, I guess it's a little different. We're both at home. Got the kids running around. <laughs> Hopefully they don't pop in or the wives or yeah, anything. We're, try so. we're trying to like manipulate our cameras so like you don't see kids running in the background. But that's okay. I mean, everyone's at home for the most part. Every, you know, a lot of people. A lot of people are at home. But you know, right now is a very interesting time in real estate and. You know, I, I think it's important to stay positive and to stay op optimistic and obviously take care of your affairs as as needed. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've noticed I've, I've spent a lot of times chatting with a lot of real estate investors, um, agents, things like that. And also spent a lot of time, you know, reading and and kind of learning and expanding because, you know, this could be a time that you want to be opportunistic. So, you know, real quick, give us a be uh, a quick background of what your portfolio currently looks like as of today. So currently our portfolio as of today, we've grown to about a hundred single family properties. Um, we have quite a bit of commercial space, somewhere between 30 and 40,000 square feet. Um, one of them is actually getting ready to sell. Actually two are supposed to be selling next week. So hopefully fingers crossed that, um, the city remains open. Uh, recently, we purchased a 34-unit building out in West Virginia, which I have some interesting stories about, whether we talk about it today or Wednesday. Um, and we're in the process of buying a 76-unit apart apartment building. So uh, we do have some big financial commitments, um, and we got a relatively diverse portfolio, and I think uh, it will help get us through this economic storm um, winter. Blizzard, whatever it may be. Are, are you, as of today, are you proactively buying? Like, you know, with our opportunities, like, do you have you have comfort that it's safe to buy properties? Is it safe to, you know, get get leverage from banks and and things like that? 
Yeah, you know, all the banks have been reaching out to us, you know, just seeing what our immediate needs are. Um, we do have an immediate need to finance, refinance some properties and everybody's open for lending. Um, I did, did some doomsday prepping personally um, and the bankers thought I was crazy, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but with that being said, all the banks have reached out, seeing what we need, where we need to go, um, what type of you know financing facilities we need. Uh, in response to actively buying properties, I think everybody and now is a great time to review, you know, see what happens happens with numbers, right? Like, it's not immediately the market's not immediately going to go away in real estate. Our real estate effects are probably going to be twelve to eighteen months from now, right? Like. Um, that's when some of the fallouts, I apologize for the baby crying in the background. Uh, and I'm not <laughs> ignoring her. Don't worry. My wife, is, no. not my end. Um, but 12 to 18 months from now, um, is probably when we're going to see some more fallout. That's, you know, when, you know, like I, I, I just was watching, I don't mean to get too far off topic. You can stop me, but I was just watching the press conference and Ben Carson came out and said, um, you know, holding off on foreclosures and evictions. Um, and the question is, how are people going to recruit from that? How long does it, you know, how long do they keep extending that? Um, and that's where we're going to see um, the difference. So to go back to your original question, absolutely. Keep looking at the market. Uh, it should be a good gut check for a lot of people to hopefully underwrite a little more cautiously. Um, the building that we're actively buying is, uh, is, um, <laughs> was under contract well before this happened. And, uh, you know, we're still happy to buy it and we still believe there's a value add, um, to happen inside of that. So it's, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to get out there and take a look at the market and, and, you know, potentially find deals to buy. So what's your thoughts on, uh, so rental properties, because you own, you own a lot of rental properties and I think, some people that may own a property or two or want to buy a rental property or two are a little bit nervous related to if their tenants are able to pay rent. I know a lot of your renters are subsidized. Uh, go through that a little bit. Like if you had any issues with tenants reaching out to you, um, your retail, te your normal tenants or subsidized ones. So um, there's a few things here. One, uh, ben, again, Ben Carson just came out uh, from HUD and said that Everything's moving forward with all public housing uh, authorities, all housing choice voucher programs. Vouchers are still being issued. Um, <clears throat> while your local PHA might be shut down, specifically here in Baltimore, um, they've made some amendments. Um, businesses as usual, payments should be expected. <clears throat> now, when it comes to the tenants paying their portion or tenants who are market tenants, look, every every market's going to provide you with an opportunity potentially to come out and say, Oh, I can't pay rent because of X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, our tenants going to use this and say, Hey, they're, they can't evict me for 60 days. So I'm going to skate on my rent for 60 days and then deal with it down the line and try to push it. Sure. People like that. But in the end, most people are good hearted, um, honest people, and they don't want to lose their house. Um, that property in West Virginia, we just bought, we it's 34 units i think 12 of the people um that currently 12 to 15 so about half of our building currently that reside there work for the casino and the casino shut down um now there's massive talks of bailouts and people paying unemployment and everything else i think there's going to be a little hiccup i think everybody's gonna have to deal with something we're all being affected by it um but in the end i think uh 
in the end, you know, it's rental real estate. People have to pay. People need places to live no matter what the market is. Um, and I'm not trying to be uncompassionate about it, but I don't think there's a need to panic. You know, are you going to get rent increases? Um, is there going to be a dip in the market? Are you going to have to get a little more competitive to lease up vacant units for a short period of time? Probably. Um, are many tenants going to be moving with the unstable economic future or what they believe to be? Probably, you know. Um, and another part that you brought up in your question about <clears throat> how do you feel about your um, about your um, I'm waving to your daughter back there. Um, but to, to go back to rental properties and the rate of return um, and things like that is that, you know, it rental real estate is a great alternative asset, right? Whether it's single family, multifamily, commercial, whatever asset class you're in, it's an alternative to the market. So yeah. those of you that are buying like super high end, like um, super conservative, uh, rates of return, you're actually doing better than the market, right? So let's just hypothetically say you're only getting an 8% rate of return on your property that you bought. Well, that's exponentially greater than what the market's done in this short period of time. So having that nice flat line or that nice uptick in your rent and yeah. your rate of return is worth exponentially more right now. Sure, are we missing out on those huge 20, 30, 40% gains that were happening? But they're all wiped out. Yeah. And I'm not a big stock guy. Would, have, would I have sold all my stocks when all this happened? Probably not. I mean, you do a little more stocks than I do. How do you feel? So I'm going to tell a story that I told yesterday that I've told to every single person I've talked to about, about real estate in general. So when you invest in an asset in general, you invest in an asset at the price that you want to buy, that you're comfortable in. And if you're into this thing, the best part about rentals right now, now fix and flips is a little bit different. We can talk about that in a second. But the best part about rentals right now is they're long-term plays. So you could buy a property for $100,000 today that works for you. Tomorrow it could be worth 90000 or 80000 and it doesn't really matter because until you buy or sell or trade that property, whatever the case is, it's just a fake number. Equity is a fake number until you try to resell it, right? So if the numbers work, they work. And I was listening, I've been listening to a lot of CNBC analysts and and you know, mostly you know, market-driven Wall Street guys. But one guy was talking about Marriott. He's like, "Of course, I'm going to buy the Marriott stock right now." You know, it's yes, it's in the hospitality industry. Yes, it's getting killed right now. But it's I would have dreamed to buy uh, Marriott at the price I can buy it at today. Um, the PE ratio is great. The dividend, the dividend's great. Although a lot of those stocks seem to be uh, <laughs> stopping stopping dividends to investors. But besides the, the play, he's getting at the number that he wanted to get it at. Yes, it might be worth less tomorrow, and maybe he even looks like a fool short term. But at the end of the day, he's investing in a good business um, and the longevity of the business that has good bones, and it'll and you know knowing that it's going to increase over time. And it's the same thing with real estate. If the numbers work, they work. You know, I've seen a lot of uncertainty out there right now. Uh, consumer confidence. We had two properties that uh, you know, one property that that was active that we were selling, and the guy walked out. Uh, he backed out. You know, the day of closing, that was unfortunate and that happened. It was fine. He forgoes his deposit. We put it back, right back on the market and, you know, it was what it was. He was a little bit nervous uh, on the deal. So I'm not going to, whatever, that's, that's fine. Uh, at the same time, we have some properties, uh, one of our, old, our rental properties that we just uh, renovated and uh, <clears throat> that's on the market right now. And I've been in touch with a real estate agent every day and we didn't show it. We've had open houses. We've 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 had a lot of showings going on. There's been a lot of activities, and we ratified a contract today for it. And 
you know, the interest rate, the interest rates, the, the, I'm going to mute you for a second. Uh, I just muted you for a second. Um, but the, you know, the interest rates, the interest rates are low right now for them. And they, and they, you know, they locked in. So, uh, you know, it made, it made sense. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I understand that people are a little bit nervous about real estate in general, but the way I look at it is just like any asset that I invest in, any asset I invest in, as long as the numbers make sense to me and it's a longer term play, uh, you know, I think it works. I mean, that's why we're continuing to lend. There's been a lot of shakeup right now with, with a, you know, secondary market note buyers, a lot of institutional Wall Street back hard money lenders are pretty much going to be out of the game or, or, or close to it. You know, we've always used our own private capital with these, with these deals and, you know, it's going to pay off because, you know, we have the flexibility to make the deals work. And yes, you know, I caught myself quoting a loan yesterday of 160 that a week ago I might've quoted 170, but each asset is individual. Every loan we do, every property Ian buys, every flip investment, any real estate investor buys, you know, you base it off of what you believe today's value is. And I think that goes back to like your whole conversation kind of ties back into, um, you know, going back to the stock analogy, right? Like, and I'm not a big stock guy, but we both read Warren Buffett's book. In the end, it's about a core essential business. Um, do you believe in the business? Is it going to be there forever, right? Like you're betting on the American economy. So to relate that back to real estate, it's just like with your loans or rental real estate um, that we deal with is that, you know, if you're buying something that you believe is good value that's going to be there for a while you understand either the borrower or you understand the market you understand where the market's going you understand what the potential is or what it looks like 10 years from now potentially i think you're okay to go out and look at properties and keep buying and you know uh be able to push on as long as you know what you're doing it comes back to your strategic you know uh, I don't want to use like keywords that all the big guys use, but it's like a strategic business plan. Doesn't meet your metrics, right? Like we only buy stuff, you know, that fits into our business model. And now is a time that really makes you go back and gut check and say, are my business model techniques sound? Um, you know, one thing I think a lot of people are going to look at in this coming out of this is liquidity, right? Like how much liquidity do you need on hand? I know me and you have talked about it a lot. Me and uh, my business partner, Dan, talk about it a lot is what's the right liqui liquidity. But like a situation like this where there's a potential pause on the world for 60 days, what is the right liquidity? You know, um, and, and, and liquidity but, in the banking, si banking system, if it's hard to get loans for some of these projects in general, that, you know, that affects that could affect it. But like we don't really have a huge banking financial problem like we did in 2008 right now Correct. and don't get me wrong like I, I think there's uncertainty um I, I also believe that a lot of this is going to be somewhat short-lived um you know over the next few months and unfortunately you know and again we're not going to try to get away from real estate because everyone has their own opinions on that but you know there's a lot of different business models that are in very unfortunate times right now but i think real estate in general residential real estate right now besides residential real estate and cash those seem to be some of the best <laughs> places yeah. to keep to keep money right now and you know i think if you're um i guess i'll use the word ballsy enough to invest in the market i think you could potentially see some really good opportunities i i, I can't do it i would like to and I've, I've wanted to dabble some money into it but uh 
Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I think we should all be diversified, right? But again, we don't know it well enough. Like, I, you know, you, uh, your one buddy Brad, that uh, I think he runs a financial yeah. type firm. You know, he talks to me. It's like I'm. It's like Spanish to me. Like, yeah, I understand what a stock is, but it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. And you know, sure, is my exposure in real estate a lot more? Is your exposure in real estate a lot more? Are we properly diversified? Probably not. But in a time like this, we have the comfort of knowing that. I truly understand what my rental property is going to do. I truly understand what it's going to produce. I truly understand how to get in and out of assets when we're in a troubled time. So I think that's worth a lot more than being in the market and then just watching things disappear um, and not being able to uh, understand where your money is or where it's appeared to. You know. Well, what other advice do you have to people that have a rental portfolio right now related to um, you know, best practices with with tenants or making rents, safety, um, securing properties that are currently up for rent, um, you know, things like that. Something I could be, I, you know, I, I, you know, our our portfolio is only about fourteen, fifteen units. So the way that we react is very different. Like I can do one off conversations with people and make a decision on one off. You have a much bigger portfolio. Like, what are things that? you know, I should, you've considered that I wouldn't even think about. Well, I think now is number one. Um, this is just a safety tip in general. We never put four rent signs out front, especially in a time like this where, uh, you know, maybe not now, but a few months down the line, if there's some pushback and there's some foreclosure and stuff like that, people hopping in houses and camping out and uh, being vagrants. Um, so we don't put four rent signs out front of any of our properties. Um, you know, Simply Safe is a very good product to use to secure your properties. Um, they got everything from wireless cameras, smoke detectors, and alarm systems that you don't need to have Wi-Fi in the house to operate. Um, with that being said, uh, another tactic recently that we were using to reduce turnover costs in general um, is crediting people's rent. Uh, you know, if they're getting ready to move out. And they're teeter-tottering on um, moving out to a new unit, especially now with uncertainty. Uh, now's a great time to potentially credit a half month's rent um, or two months, you know, a half month to a month's worth of rent spread out over two months. You know, A, you're reducing turnover costs, you're reducing vacant time, you're reducing, um, you're reducing your uh, fee potentially or commission to place a new tenant. Um, and I think that goes a very long way to keep your portfolio occupied. Um, you know, um, necessarily wouldn't be big on rental reductions. However, you know, everybody should feel and understand what their portfolio is and you know who your good tenants and bad tenants are. So there's a potential that you might not want to hit your, um, rental increases, uh, immediately or enforce them. You may want to back them off a little bit. I think the name of the game during this market is to keep your, um, Portfolio occupied. It doesn't matter where you are, whether you're anything from war zones to multi-million dollar houses or Airbnbs, right? Like uh, our one buddy Pete, I think he's an Airbnb guy, and he's got cancellations left and right. So the question is, can you drop that down? And um, <clears throat> I think an idea for Airbnbs is uh, self-quarantine your family, drop them rates down to 30, 40 bucks a night, get that mortgage covered or whatever your operating expense. Um, you're cheaper than hotels and, you know, utilize it as self quarantine places for people, you know, um, 
again, it's all about occupancy and producing, being able to consistently produce catch um, and stay afloat during these times if you're having issues. Okay, good, good points, good points. I like your idea about you know not putting for rent signs out there. I was uh, somewhat a little bit nervous about that with some of our active listings that we had as well, you know, for sale signs and things like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good point because you know the thing that's interesting right now is everything's day to day. Um, and I don't want to go too in depth about some conversations that I've had with title companies and actual title insurers, um, because I think I'm going to save that until Wednesday. Um, just so you know, Wednesday, March 25th at 2 PM, we're going to do one of these exact same setups, but there's going to be about four or five of us on it, um, in different industries, as well as, um, we have maybe like 10 other people in the queue that are going to call in at a certain time. Um, and then everyone can ask questions. We have 500 seats available. Uh, for the meetup group, it's a virtual meetup group, obviously, but it's uh, March 25th at 1.30 p.m. Uh, if you go to hardmoneybankers.com forward slash meetup group, um, you can check it out that way. I think you can also go to hardmoneybankers.com forward slash March 25th. I don't know if that brings you right to the Zoom link or or not, but it, we're doing it through Zoom. And the reason we're doing it through Zoom is because we can all interactively chat and everyone will obviously stay mute uh, on mute and with their cameras off. But if they have a question, we can bring them live uh, onto this. So we're trying to do some of these on a regular basis as things change. Um, I mean, if we if you know Trump came out today and said, hey, everyone's on full lockdown, things could change a little bit, right? Right, because then, um, <laughs> you know, so stuff would be a little bit more more difficult. But, you know, for the most part, deals are still getting done. A lot of real estate agents are doing virtual tours for for their clients. Um, people are still buying buying stuff. I know the auctions are still getting done online. Um, most places locally can record online. So that's easy, you know, easy enough. You know, one of the things with some of these title companies I've talked to is it seems like, and I don't know if you've heard this yet or not, but they're doing um, electronic signing and DocuSigns and there's a third party notary involved in that process as well. So there's a buyer, a seller and a notary. They're all at their own houses or own offices and they're digitally doing it and everything. And every county except Montgomery PG and Baltimore City will accept those certified e-filings. Um, right. And those three counties that will not, what's happening is the title company just prints them out and then just mails them and they sit in a uh, we, uh, uh, in order in order to get recorded. We should uh, reach out to Blake. I see him comment and he's down in Florida. I'd be interested to hear from him. He's a, a mobile notary and does a lot of title work um, and see, maybe we can get him on the call on Wednesday and see what's, yeah. uh, what's the action nationwide. Cause it, you know, I think nowadays um, it was going this way anyway, but I think um, this whole thing has accelerated a lot of things. I mean, you're talking, they're not they even have toll collectors anymore. Right. But I think um, a remote online notary, Blake's saying. So maybe he can jump on if we don't have anybody to talk about that. Um, but I think what this has done is it, it's really fast forward everybody. And it's almost brought the whole nation together as one and being able to jump on, jump online and do these types of things. And it kind of gives you a better barometer to what's going on across the country um, and understanding what's happening uh, across the country. And I think, honestly, it might make availability for people to invest in assets um, a little more remotely by doing these things. I'd be interested to see what happens, honestly. Well, well I think I think this is a very interesting pr process for all types of businesses, not just real estate. How, including employees, you know, virtual every, you know, they're, they're figuring out ways. And I saw like the owner of the founder of Zoom, I think made like 
two billion dollars <laughs> in the last week or or something like that um went up in value in like two billion dollars because like everyone's everyone's doing that we're on a software called be live right now because there's some kind of fun interactive tools and it's just like one person or two people works great but like we use zoom for a lot of stuff our internal meetings that we do with our with our team with mastermind groups that i'm involved in and we're obviously doing zoom on march 25th but just as a whole it's going to be interesting how real estate's conducted but i think to sum up a lot of this stuff i think that obviously you know do your own due diligence be aware real estate was really good for a long period of time and i believe that it'll continue to be good um there's always good opportunities we were lending in 2007 when we when we started and there wasn't many lenders out out there but we were doing it then and we're going to continue to to lend um because every deal is a deal right everything's a deal like i think if somebody's out there and they're trying to do stuff on mass volume i think it might be a little bit challenging um but if you're like most real estate investors that want to buy a flip here and there a few rental properties here and there lend some money here and there buy some auctions some wholesales whatever I think it's very I think it's very doable. I think it's I think it's very doable and you know in general you know the real estate market doesn't want to get shut down. And when and we're going to talk about this on Wednesday as well, but one of the things I talked to with this title insurer related to how it seems like there could be a lot more um fraud involved, you know, by doing stuff remote um and stuff like that and they're like, "Well, I think that's a at this point that's a price they want to pay um knowing that that's a risk related to it." If not, they can't, they'd have to shut down everything and then they couldn't write new insurance policies, title insurance policies and things like that. So there's so much on the hook on on, on this. And listen, if, if stuff gets uh, completely shut down because everyone believes it's necessary for safety, then it gets shut down and we adapt to that. But I always like to be as opportunistic and proactive as I can, right? And, you know, there's a lot of unfortunate things that are happening out there and hopefully everyone's doing their goodwill to help people in need and things like that. But at the same time, you know, you can, you know, look, look on the bright side. You can be a Debbie Downer and sit at home and, you know, think of, think that the world's blowing up and that's fine. But, you know, you can have that opinion or you can be out there scouting for new opportunities and, and things like that. So, yeah, however you, whatever you, whatever your personality type is, but like I've spent a lot more time listening to audiobooks and podcasts. Like usually, you know, that's usually like a one hour activity during my day in general. And I've been spending multiple hours doing that. And, and, uh, I, I think a lot of the positive proactive, you know, leaders have the same feeling. It's, you know, let's make the most out of this. Yeah. Not to get too far off topic from uh, real estate, but a, a friend of ours or an acquaintance of ours, Greg Pilati, he has a high, super high end, um, furniture company. And I just saw the other day that he was shutting down. Um, and you know, I felt compelled, you know, and he's doing like big conference tables for your big apartment buildings and wherever. I mean, beautiful stuff. Um, but I felt compelled to jump on there and be like, hey, man, you know, look on the other side of this. Now's a great time to reload the bullets, start planning for the other side of this. And when it, we're on the other side, hit the ground running. Right. Like this is a great time, especially if you are one of the people that is a W-2 employee or you're in a job where you get to telework every day and you're spending more time home with kids, like look at your lifestyle. Like, is it, a, is it a positive that you get this lifestyle now? Are you enjoying to be home more? Um, you know, can you take the time now that you're not 
you can telework, get your keystrokes in, and then go and plan out the business that you've already always wanted to do, whether it's real estate or anything else. Like now is a great time, especially the other thing is everybody's on pause. So it's almost like leveled out the playing field in a sense that it's not like I got this great idea and everybody else is already doing it. Or if I mention it, it's like, well, nobody can do it right now because the world more or less on pause. So right. um, I, I think it's a great opportunity and it's a great chance to come out there and hit the ground running and, and go. I mean, it's really made me think, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I want to move to the U S Virgin islands. Let's go. I mean, I don't think there are any, <laughs> any cases uh, or one buddy, the Dean was there. He was sending pictures like nobody's talking about it. I was like, oh, that's where we need to go. But, um, anyway, long story short, it's uh, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, no, exactly. All right, we're, we're going to stay on for a few more minutes if you have any questions. Uh, I'm trying to get Blake to jump now, on. Now, if now's, the, now's the time to comment. I don't even – I think I get a third person on here. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I was trying to get Blake to jump on, but he didn't respond. I think he's out actually doing mobile, um, mobile closings as we speak. What do you um, – <laughs> I know you got to do all the interview questions, but – uh, I think a big piece of news that came out, and I don't know that we'll get to discuss it on Wednesday, uh, is um, is that Pier Street, one of the big uh, Wall Street-backed lenders, and I don't mean to um, – hey, Amanda, what's up? Um, is that is that they, they've actually stopped lending. Um, and I think your business model provides you with a super um, – major competitive advantage – um, I don't know if you want to share or if you're going to save it for Wednesday, but what well, that think, is and how you're able to hit the ground running. Well, I think they stopped buying notes on the secondary market from other lenders. If they were, I don't know if they do direct consumer lending or when I say consumer lending direct to the actual real estate investor, right. I don't know if they do that or not. Cause they have a few sides of their business. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've just seen over the last day or two on Facebook, that's so many buyers of these uh, hard money notes um you know have, have stopped buying because they're uncertainty so money in general you know if you want to get capital for these deals you know you're looking for a private lender uh yourself and there's still a lot of private lenders out there that want to deploy money in real in real estate i mean we've had conversations with a lot of our uh private capital investors that we work with and most of them are on board with real estate it's a strong asset every deal is its own deal right so you know, they're, they're good, solid and good, solid investments as a lender. Um, so it's going to a hard money lender and a real hard money lender. That's not obviously bank or institutional backed, uh, but, you know, it's using private capital of their own money, a private lender, or I'm guessing local banks are still going to be involved. And I got to reach out to Scott Freitag and ask him because he's a good part of this group and we'll get him on as well. But uh, I'm guessing that his bank, yeah, they might cut back, but that's okay. Like you can't, you can't fault a bank to want to cut back their LTV. Let's say they're at 70 LTV. They want to cut back to 60 LTV. It's the same thing as you as a buyer. You might cut back and buy a property for 10% less. So it's part of it. You know, having skin and cash in the game is is the game. I mean, a bank does not want to own your property or anybody's property. Like that's, if they want to buy the property, they buy it themselves. Like they want to do a good, good loan to the right person. Um, so yeah, we could talk about <laughs> the, you know, the peer streets of the world at a later date. Uh, that's the, uh, yeah. I, I can go on and on related. I can go on and on related. I'm trying to keep the focus on, on rentals because, like, rental. A lot of people want to be involved in rentals right now, and I guess, and you could give a little bit better advice to me, but I guess on the front end, in my opinion, it's you know make sure you have your kind of capital involved on the front end 
Um, you know, in a hard money lender, our company lends money all the time to real estate investors that buy rentals. Typically, it makes more sense short term where they come in and they acquire it and fix it up and get stabilized and they get longer term debt. But I'm assuming that those longer term debt pieces for rental properties are going to continue to exist. Maybe the interest rates uh, differ and they and they go up based on risk if that's what. But there's still a good need for that. I mean, if, if you're a lender and you can deploy capital in a good real estate asset at a whatever 70 LTV, whatever the this, ever the case is to a good uh, client, you know, someone like Ian, who's got, uh, you know, has, has good rental rates coming in and, you know, debt service coverage rates might change as well. But all in all, like real estate's a good asset class to be in and lenders are going to continue to want to be in with the right. right. Well, and I think like you said earlier, is that like, and again, this goes back to if you want to get involved in buying rental, rental real estate is to have cash involved in the deal because it actually lowers everybody's risk per se right um and it goes back to you know liquidity and equity or however you want to put it and not to be over leveraged right like everybody wants to do the burr method get all your money back sure there's ways to do it um but being fully leveraged out is that a better position to be in we don't know i mean we don't know where this market's going to take us um and it's just something that you should factor in that if you do have capital in the game, it actually diverse, you know, it actually kind of diversifies your risk a little more because um, you have a lower LTV, you have a lower mortgage payment, you can drop your rental rates potentially lower than I could because I'm fully leveraged versus the other person um, that's only 50% leveraged, right? So there are competitive market advantages to doing that. And again, it, you know, it comes back to what's your rate of return on your capital that's outstanding. Um, yeah. And again, you know, here's another another thing that I was just thinking about is that, you know, the assets that you're buying is key as well, right? Um, if you're buying um, class C assets, who gets hurt, hit first? The service provider, the service workers are the ones that were laid off first, right? Um, and it, it's your business model. I'm not saying what's right or wrong. Sure, Amazon's still open and Walmart and those types of places, but how many other places are closed? How many constructions basically shut down for a lot of people? Um, you know, it's kind of scary if, you know, depending where your workers are coming from and what type of property you have versus if you're moving up in asset classes um, or what your asset class is, who's your worker um, or who's your ideal tenant um, and what does that look like in this time or what did it look like in 2008 when everything went haywire, who was still working um, and where do those people want to live? And maybe that's the asset class that you can't tolerate this type of uncertainty. You know, I think we have, you know, I literally have a pretty big stomach, but we got pretty big stomachs for this type of thing that, you know, if things go sideways, we can handle those types of tenants. Um, and we can handle these types of situations where we might be exposed a little bit longer than other people. Um, sure. So just remember that when you're buying properties and looking at them, you know. All right, let's, so let's, let's sum a few things up. Um, because we've been on for about 35 minutes, we're going to call it quits. But let's just sum up a few things if someone was tuning in a, a little bit late related to what we were talking about. So obviously, we were in very unfortunate times right now, and everything is kind of like day to day. Um, the whole focus of this conversation was real estate oriented in, in, in general. Real estate as of today is still completely up and running. Yes, there's some uncertainties related to timeframes and you know things that make it maybe a little bit more difficult, but like... Real estate agents are buying and selling houses. Lenders are, are lending. Um, uh, title companies are closing deals, mostly remotely, but they're still getting 
they're still getting still getting done. Real estate's a big industry. Like you know, no one no one wants to crash the industry. And as of now, all the banks have liquidity and are still lending a lot. So because of that, you know, that's going to stay strong. And yes, uh, the interest rates are still low. So you know, if you're a, if you're a buyer, let's say you flip a house to a homeowner, they buy a property today for a hundred thousand dollars at whatever their three and a half four percent interest rate. That's similar to let's say interest rates go up in a year and they're six percent. Um, then they buy that same exact house for eighty thousand dollars and their payment ends up equal the same. Like homeowners know that interest rates are cheap and this might not last forever, so they still want to buy houses. So that's good news for real real estate flippers. Do I think the market um, is going to short term spike a little bit? Yeah, I think it is. I don't think it's going to be huge or huge or drastic. I think it's going to decrease a little bit, and that's okay. You know, as long as you have uh, that prepared up front. So if you do a flip, obviously plan that it could depreciate in value from now to when you flip it. So buy it accordingly, you know, buy it at the numbers uh, accordingly. And if you're buying rentals, make sure the numbers work. If the property goes, you know, goes back down and stays down for a while before it comes right back up because it's all rental rate wise. So all of that stuff, all of that stuff's important. Yeah, I would, so, I would say the major recap to me is when you look at rental real estate at times like this, our graph looks straight line, right? From the time we bought them till now, we're consistently just going up very, very little bit with rent increases, but expenses are following that. So our rate of return, you know, is just gradually growing. And then a time like this, when the market goes up and then comes back down severely, that we prefer yeah. that nice flat line curve and consistency and that's what rental real estate is providing for us as an alternative to the stock market. Um, and hopefully Wednesday, I, I don't know if you have a house slipper on. I know you definitely have Terry coming on. I, I really want to hear from him um, in regards to how he's going to handle the 60 days of no foreclosures because he buys a lot of foreclosure auction type stuff. Um, I don't know if you got Jimmy or Mike Shock or somebody jumping on the line. Um, that's a house flipper. I think you got the one lady from DC that does it. I'd really be interested to hear what their thoughts on um, the market going forward. So, and I think you do have some other people that do interesting types of rental real estate jumping online too, which will be uh, pretty cool to hear from. Exactly. I'm going to try to, I need to figure out, I got to remember what this link is right quick. And I'm going to put this up here. Um, hang on uh, well, he's, yeah. So he's trying to find the link link, but, um, Again, just, you know, now's a great time to get involved, take a look, see what's going on. If you're getting your $1,000 check from Mr. Uh, old Uncle Donald Trump, that would be a great way to take that money. And if you can afford it, utilize it, go out and buy a list, start marketing, start understanding what's going on um, and get involved, and, you know, take advantage. Um, and also a great time, shameless plug while we're at it. Jason has a new book out. Definitely <laughs> take a check at it. Um, ours is out there too, landlordinglife.com. Um, uh, I, can put a, I can put a link to that. Um, yeah. all right, did you so find the link for the meetup? Yeah, I found the link. So that's that. Wednesday, March 25th, virtual meetup group. <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I put that group out that we had 500 people. You know, we had yeah. seats for 500 people. And the guy emailed me back. He goes, 500 people? There's only You're only allowed to have 10 people together at a time. <laughs> I was like, it's, oh, not, it's not an in-person group. <laughs> this we be this six, is a virtual six, meetup. And we're going to continue to we're going to continue to do virtual meetup groups. It's important to get good content out there. I mean, we see, I mean, the, you know, someone might think this is an exaggeration, but like I literally look at 30 to 40 deals every day 
from real estate investors that want loans on some of these things. So I see what's out there and I'm talking to a lot of agents and realtor or a lot of agents and, you know, title companies and investors and flippers. And like, I'd like to stay up to date of like what's going on. So this is a good means to share this uh, with everybody. But that meetup group coming up was going to be a good one. And, you know, that's, that's where we're at. So again, you know, stay safe, stay healthy. And, you know, in your free time, make sure to stay at, uh, optimistic and opportunistic at the same time because there's opportunities out there so all right well ian i appreciate it thanks for uh thanks for coming on we've had a few hiccups with some kids in the background and we'll continue to but that's all part of it and uh it was fun and if anyone has any questions um you know Ter terry's turn on ian right now but if anyone has any questions uh reach out you can email me directly at jason at harmonybankers.com or also that link that i put on there uh, that's the meetup group, and uh, we're going to have fun. All right? You need to get to Wednesday so I can pick on Terry, and I'll see you guys later. Thanks. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. Are we still live? Uh, I don't know if we're still